the Wren Collective, You Are My Vision, and hear some familiar voices from the church across Pembrokeshire. Many congratulations to you all at Raise the Praise on your 21st show. We thoroughly enjoy the varied programme each week, Jonathan, and we just pray God's blessing upon you for the coming shows. So enjoy your celebrations and thank you so much for all of your hard work from Jenny, Ken and everybody at Bethlehem Chapel. 
Hello, my name's Andy Buckless. I lead some churches in the Milford Haven area. Uh, Peter wrote this in the Bible. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Raise Praise is a program that came about just at the right time when people are really struggling and through the worship through the uh, messages that people are sharing uh, through the interviews and so on i believe it really is declaring god's praises and it's a blessing to the people of pembrokeshire and beyond so thank you jonathan may there be many more programs Happy 21 programs to raise the praise. Well done, Jonathan and the team. Keep it going. It's great. Blessings from Terry. Congratulations, Ir Haglin. Raise the praise. Ardathli, I Inveder Higen Haglin. My weir and Haglin are Benig, a four bendis, he bows his Glomahono, a four bendis, a Shongavarchade, e John. Oh, thank you very much, church ministers there, Jenny, Andy, Terry, and Sean from different denominations across Pembrokeshire, but as one. Still to come, Brian Houston. But first, this is a wonderful song. This is The Lion and the Lamb by Bethel Music. You're listening to Raise the Praise, 21st show.
Hi, this is Noel Richards, and I'm sending big congratulations to John Brewer and everybody at Raise the Praise as you reach this milestone of your 21st show. Keep up the good work, and the best is yet to come. Hi, my name is Kat Mills, and I'm a singer, songwriter, author, and worship leader. I had the pleasure and privilege of being on Raise the Praise a few months ago, sharing about my new album and sharing my story about being autistic. Thank you so much, John, uh, to all that you're doing. It's a fantastic show. Well done on 21 shows. Here's to the next 21 and many more. Um, it is such a blessing as an artist to have amazing shows like this that champion our music and encourage people and share the word of God. So God bless. Hi, Rob Westall here. Congratulations to Raise the Praise on the 21st show. I've been honoured to be a guest, honoured to have my music played on there. Uh, Jonathan, just want to congratulate you and here's to 21 more fantastic shows and many more to come in the future. All the very best. Hi, my name is Lolita Gill and I'm a singer-songwriter and a worship leader and I'm based in Bristol and I wanted to say huge congratulations to Raise the Praise for their 21st show. That is an amazing achievement. I also wanted to say a massive thank you for playing my music and for supporting me and supporting independent artists. We really love and appreciate you and we're praying all of God's blessings on all your future shows. Hi, I'm Dave Bilbra and I want to send my congratulations to Raise the Praise for producing their 21st show on Pure West Radio. Well done, Jonathan Brewer and team. Please continue to raise the praise, to tell out the good news and to share with others that hope and meaning can be found through the person of Jesus Christ. Joining me now on Raise the Praise on Pure West Radio is singer, songwriter, author and coach Brian Houston and he joins me now via Zoom all the way from Northern Ireland. Good morning, Brian. Hiya, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you. I understand you've been in the studio this morning. Yeah, yeah, my day-to-day -day involves just coming over here and um, it's about five minutes drive from my house and I just basically go to work um, roughly nine to six every day, 9.30 to six, that kind of time. So I just come in here, work on tracks or work on promotion or write songs or meet people or do video interviews. That's what <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that is fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to speak to our listeners today. It's our 21st show today, so we're having a little bit of a, a celebration. So we're going to yeah. uh, in, enjoy listening to you, uh, some of your music a little bit later. But I noticed on your bio, you've worked with, well, you've shared the stage with uh, people like Elvis Costello and Robert Plant. I mean, wow. How did all yeah. that come about? Um. Well, that's a good question. I mean, there's long stories probably behind all those things, but um, when I was just starting out, um, there was a record label interested in me and they wanted to see me. And they're the ones put me on with Elvis Costello. And that was that was when I was really just getting started as a singer-songwriter. And then years and years later, I got some... Um, I did a tour, several tours of England and ended up meeting Bob Harris and... Um, getting played on BBC Radio 2 and stuff like that. What and, legends. Um, yeah, I know. The, the Whispering Bob. He is a legend, that's true. And um, he's the only man ever to have interviewed all four non-Beatles. In other words, post the Beatles. 
he's the only one they've interviewed all four. But um, yeah, so I ended up on his show a few times and then he invited me back to the house a few nights and, and we ended up becoming friends and eventually he um, invited me to come sing at his birthday party and at the end of the party, everybody had sung. There was myself, a band called The Stories, Thea Gilmore, a few other bands and um, everyone was kind of just milling around. People had noticed that Robert Plant was at the bar but he was just sitting drinking, you know. And um, next thing, he left the bar, came into the stage. Everybody had got on stage for a kind of, what we call in Ireland, a camolla, which basically means everybody jumps up on the stage to start jamming. And wow. next thing, Robert Plant's on stage and I'm standing there with my harmonica and he starts playing blues with a guy called Bernie Marsden from Whitesnake. And off they go with drums and bass and guitar and him singing and me playing harmonica. And the hilarious part is... Um, I'm not really a blues harmonica. I was more from the, the realms of Bob Dylan, you know, kind of... Oh, yes. Suck, blow, 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 suck, this kind of thing. Um, wasn't very good at bending notes on the harp or anything like that. And he gave me a solo at one point, and uh, it was terrible. It was like strangling a cat. And um, he never asked me to do another solo the rest of the night. <laughs> That's funny. That was, was your only... moment, Brian. That was my moment, and I failed spectacularly. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, these things happen. There was a time whenever I, I opened for Chuck Berry. Um, that was about 2007, 2008, that kind of time. And um, I'd been touring England and I'd just come back and and the, the head of the venue said to me, be at the side of the stage when Chuck comes off stage because he's been asking for 500 pounds for an encore and it's a rock and roll moment and you want to be there to see um, that happened so i was wearing like a pink shirt and a black suit and black tie mm. and um uh, to me i thought i looked like very rock and roll but chuck came off stage and i think he was like 85 or something i can't remember what age he was oh, wow. um and he took his guitar off and i i he happened to look at me and i said chuck that was amazing thank you so much you're so amazing and he took his guitar off and handed it to me. And I'm standing holding his guitar. And in this, between the strings was a little pick, you know, a guitar pick with a picture of Chuck on it. And, um, and so I took the pick out of the strings and kind of looked at it. And everybody walked away. All the band walked away. Next thing, I was left alone with this guitar. And so I thought I would take it up to his dressing room. And I went, went upstairs. But the venue was like a maze backstage. And... Mm. I couldn't find the, the dressing room, so I ended up coming back down. By the time I came down, the venue was empty. I went to the next security point to hand it in. There was no one at security. I went to the next one. There was no one there. I went through the next set of doors, and I'm into the foyer, and um, my brother was standing selling CDs for me and, and focusing me come out with the guitar, um, and they immediately recognized the guitar, and they all start running up, and trying to touch Chuck's guitar. <laughs> so yeah. I, I didn't know what to do. So I just popped it under a table that we were selling the CDs from and put a tablecloth over it so that it was safe. Um, and next thing I could feel my phone freaking out in my back pocket, you know, vibrating like crazy. Mm -hmm. And I pulled it out and um, I tried to answer the phone, but there was too many people around. And next thing, um, a bouncer showed up and uh, he said to me, where's the bleep bleep guitar 
and I picked up the tablecloth, handed him the guitar, and of course, it then looked like I was trying to steal Chuck Berry's guitar. Uh, so I think I have a reputation for stealing his guitar, whether I like it or not, you know. What a fantastic story. I mean, it's only Chuck Berry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the weird thing is, I did steal something, I suppose. I still have the pick, and he had oh. signed... <laughs> He had signed an EP from the 50s, the Memphis, Tennessee EP. He had signed it to me. And um, so I have the pick and the signed EP that Chuck gave me. Um, opened the offers. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've still got it to this day, you know. Fabulous. So you've been in music most of your life. What comes first when you write a song? Is it the music or is it the lyric? Um, it was always the lyrics for years. Um, I would just write entire lyrics in, in um, very quickly. I would just process, you know, a thought and then develop it and get a rhythm for it. And next thing I'd have three or four verses and a chorus or something like that. Um, and then I would try to find a way to sing that. And so the tune very much came afterwards. Um, but in recent years, um, probably in the last three or four years, I've begun to experiment. Well, I didn't realize this, but I've been doing this my whole career. I would actually sit and play melodies on the guitar, but it never occurred to me that I was writing songs. I was just messing around on the guitar. And, um, and then recently I began to realize I'm actually writing tunes here, so I should... And they were in a different style because I, I play guitar very differently from how I write songs. And I was always trying to make my guitar playing fit the song. And so I, it's turned around where I'm now trying to write the songs to fit the guitar playing and it's become, or sometimes I play on the keyboard and, and it becomes an idea that develops um, melodically first and then I try to fit the words around it. So um, yeah, it's kind of swapped over. And more from Brian Houston after the break and the thought for today with Roy Brewer. This is Pure West Radio, for Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. The Helping Hand Initiative on Pure West Radio, supported by the Port of Milford Haven. On the hunt for that authentic Italian cuisine, Impasto Pizza Bar is the place to be. Cooked to perfection in a traditional stone oven, freshly topped with mouth-watering ingredients. At Impasto, you'll get the real Neapolitan experience. A variety of pasta dishes and calzones are also on offer for your dining pleasure. Wash it down with an Italian wine, perhaps a beer or choose from a local selection from Tembi Brewing Company and Geth Insider. With vegan and vegetarian options also on request, Impasto delivers a personal taste of Italy just for you. Find them on Facebook or book a table by ringing 01646 278 220. Are you aspiring for better health? Nutrition plays a huge part in the jigsaw of health. Ellen Picton is a registered nutritionist based at Milford Waterfront and has helped over a thousand people heal from within. Launched in the summer of 2014, Health Aspire offers food intolerance tests, gut bacteria testing, bespoke nutrition packaging, weight loss coaching and a ready meal service. To put your health first, check out healthaspire.co.uk. Visit the Facebook page or give them a call on 01646 692174. The Helping Hand Initiative on Pure West Radio, in association with the Port of Milford Haven. 
at Teas R Us, our services range from one-off t-shirt printing and slogans to embroidered clothing and uniforms for business and clubs. Whether your design needs to look crisp and professional or it's just a bit of fun, our experienced embroiders and t-shirt printers offer high-quality products at very competitive prices. Remember, if your business needs to look like a team, we can help design a logo and embroider it or screen print it onto quality clothing especially on workwear or for sports clubs and schools. Personalised clothing from Teas R Us. We can take care of it all. Find us at Rumbleway Service Station New Hedges, 10B in Law Street, Pembroke Dock and Prendergast in Haverford West. Teas R Us. Unlike some other stations, we broadcast from Pembrokeshire to Pembrokeshire. This is Pure West Radio. You're listening to Raise the Praise, uplifting music, positive message. Listen out for more greetings in this next song by Graeme Kendrick.
and Canon J. John, who was recently on the show, will be sharing his Heroes of the Faith very, very soon here on Raise the Praise on POS Radio. Now the thought for Sunday with my dad, retired minister, Roy Brewer. Good morning. I'm Roy Brewer from Rosemarket, and it's a real joy to be with you again on Raise the Praise. I just want to encourage you this morning through some scriptures that I found out recently by searching the Bible. One is in John 10:28. It says, I give them eternal life. No one will snatch them out of my hand. You see, Jesus is the good shepherd. He said he would lay down his life to save and never let go of those who believed in him. He summarised how he would bless his sheep. They would know him personally, have the gift of eternal life, would never perish and would be secure in his care. This security didn't depend on the ability of the frail and feeble sheep, but on the sufficiency of the shepherd who had never let one be snatched out of his hands. You see, when we were distraught and feeling hopeless, Jesus rescued us. Now we can feel safe and secure in our relationship with him. He loves us, he pursues us, he finds us, he saves us, and promises never to let us go. The other day I was reading in the book of uh, 2 Timothy, and I came across this verse in chapter 2, verse 19, and it says... The Lord knows those who are his. How is your faith in these unusual times? Is it a challenge to live out your faith? I know people who find it such a struggle to keep going. They become discouraged. They lose sight of the Lord. They lack fellowship and they lose sight of God because there's no church to go to in these lockdown times. You see, we long, don't we, to have fellowship with him and with one another. But the good news is, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, he knows you. What an encouragement. Another encouraging scripture I found the other day is this. When Jesus said to his disciples, go out and preach the gospel, they came back excited and they said, Lord, even the devils are subject to your name. But Jesus said to them, look, rejoice in this, that your names are written in heaven in the book of life. When Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 3, he commends those who are his fellow workers and whose names are in the book of life. So he knows your name, that you belong to him. He's written your name in the book of life, which is in heaven. And the last scripture is in the Old Testament, which is Isaiah 49, verses 15 and 16. Yet I will not forget you. Wow, what a scripture. You will never forget each one of us. And it goes on to say, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually 
before me. What an encouragement scripture this is. The promise, I will not forget you. Despite how you feel or fare, he remembers you and he gives you a picture here of his commitment. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Always before him. He will never forget us. He looks down at his hands and he sees our name there. What a wonderful awareness of his children. Yes, our names and our faces are constantly before him. So today, you might have forgotten, you might feel forgotten, you might feel overlooked, but God's word says you are etched on God's hands, always remembered, cared for, loved by our Father in heaven. Yes, and if you don't know Jesus as your personal saviour, I would urge you today to make that prayer of faith, asking him to come into your life, to forgive you of your sin, and come to be a friend with Jesus. Have your sins forgiven, and then he will give you eternal life, and he will put his, your name on the palms of his hands, and he will remember you forever. So thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye for now. Thanks, Dad. Now back to the interview. Ivory Tower was your recent single. I yeah. listened to it this, this morning. Um, I can really sense the emotion in your voice. What's the mm -hmm. message of that song? What's it about? <laughs> the story behind that song is I was involved in a partnership with a person. Um, I'd just come back from the States. I'd lived over there for two or three years. It had been a rough re-entry. Re I wasn't adjusting to Ireland very well. I kind of was struggling to get work and trying to fit back into the music scene. And there was a guy contacted me and asked me to partner with him on a project. And, and we ended up becoming the two of us. And I was loving it. I, was, I felt very valued. I felt very included. But one day we had a disagreement about photographs or something like that. And we apologized to each other. And I thought we were over it and moved on. But he phoned me about, I don't know, two weeks later. And he had clearly um, not gotten over it. And I had the phone on speakerphone. And my wife was beside me. And he spent a long time telling me, how much he didn't like me and what my faults were. She sat and wept and I sat there and listened. And I mean, he was going through a hard time and he had some health issues. And I kept saying to him, bro, listen, please think about this. Think about what you're saying. Think about what you're doing. Like, we don't need to end like this. This is crazy. And he said he would think about it over the weekend. But come Monday, he started sending me all my stuff. And I realized the relationship was over and the partnership was over. And I was heartbroken about it. And I was, I didn't really know what to do with it. So I just processed the feelings into his song. And um, yeah, I kind of feel emotional now even talking about it. I, I think um, I would never have released the song. I, you know, it was one of those songs I just wrote and kept a little demo of. I was compiling a record about a year ago, I started working on a singer-songwriter record, which I hadn't done for a long time. And I was sending the songs to a manager that I was working with. And he loved that song. And I was like, oh, oh no, I'm not going to release that song. And he said, why? I said, I don't, like, I don't like the way I feel when I listen to it. It reminds me of bad times. Um, 
I, I think it paints me in a bad light. It makes me look like a very resentful person and I don't want to be that guy. So, and he persuaded me to release it. And so there it is. <laughs> it's out there now. So I guess but it is what it is. Here's your song. And, and this is called Ivory Town. Well, you called me up in the afternoon You said I just gotta be straight with you I don't like the way you act, I don't like the things you do So I guess that's why I'm through with you You burned us down like a wildwood flower Ivory Tower by Brian Houston. Much more still to come after the break. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. The Helping Hand Initiative on Pure West Radio, supported by the Port of Milford Haven. Attention food lovers. Overlooking the beauty of Milford Marina, Martha's Vineyard Bar and Restaurant has the flavour for you. Whether you're after a family celebration to remember or just a casual meal while shopping, Martha's Vineyard is all about providing the best food and service in relaxing atmosphere. For all the latest, visit them on Facebook or call Dan and the team on 01646 697 083. The Waterfront Gallery, considered one of the leading art galleries in South West Wales, houses a collection of contemporary pieces displaying the intricate beauty of our county and our country. 
From fine art to ceramics to woodwork and sculptures, the gallery showcases some 50 local artists. With changing exhibitions throughout the year, at Waterfront Gallery there are always new pieces of work to discover. Visit them on Facebook or go online to thewaterfrontgallery.co.uk. The Helping Hand Initiative on Pure West Radio, in association with the Port of Milford Haven. Over 5 million homes are at risk of flooding, yet many people don't realise they're in danger. Even if you've never been flooded before, it can happen to you. Protect your family and home. Prepare, act, survive. Prepare a bag including medicines and insurance documents. Act by moving important items upstairs or as high as possible. Survive by listening to emergency services. Search what to do in a flood and sign up to flood warnings on gov.uk. Unlike some other stations, <laughs> we broadcast from Pembrokeshire to Pembrokeshire. This is Pure West Radio. Welcome back to Raise the Praise and we continue with my interview with Brian Houston from Ireland and I asked him all about the Psalms, the States and prophetic ministry. Yeah, talking about Psalms, I mean, I think David really is a verbal processor or maybe a a written processor, I don't know. I don't know if he dictated the Psalms and someone wrote them down or, you know, what way that worked, but um, I think he needed to get, he needed to get his stuff out and I know that for me, my brother and I, we, we were raised in a very violent home. He never processed the stuff. My brother never talked about it and kind of bottled it up. Whereas I wrote about it in songs and I, I wrote the story in many, you know, many, many aspects of the story in different ways that it impacted me emotionally. And for me, singing those songs over the years, playing bars and, you know, sometimes churches and stuff like that and singing those songs helped me connect with the emotion and helped me vent to a degree. My brother, on the other hand, he never did that. And so he kind of went on for years until he read a book by about George Best and his mom being an alcoholic and stuff like that. And that somehow that cracked it open for my brother and suddenly the floodgates opened and he, he had to process everything in one go, which I've never really done. I've I've been processing in you know small chunks for years and the songs give you permission to say things that if you say them to someone's face would be extremely hurtful but because you're singing it in a song you're able to say these i mean you look at some of the things that david says and it's quite intense yeah it is intense and and you can say that in a song or a poem or or a movie or an allegory but but you can't really i mean if you say that to someone's face well, then you end up getting songs like Every Tar, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's much harder to take that in a conversation. So I think the art kind of lets you process, you know. Absolutely. Think about things which are good, like, yeah. like the good book says, kind of focus yeah. on, the, on, the, on good stuff. Or sometimes you just worship, you know, your garment of praise breaks off a yoke of heaviness. I think if, you know, you have to sort of lift up your eyes. Well, yes. you don't have to, but I think it's healthier for me and the Bible says, you know, lift up your heads all you gates, you know. When you focus on who God is and when you you know, when you process the fact that you are a child of God seated on the right hand, that you're chosen, that you're loved, that you're his beloved, that you're a citizen of heaven, that this is not your home. When you begin to think about the eternal aspects of who you are in Christ, that's a bigger thought and a, and a better 
it's a better word i suppose there's an old song like that your your blood speaks a better word and i i think that can break that yoke and that can break depression that can break off anxiety um so i i think you do have to kind of develop a discipline sometimes to go there rather than into the dark place you know that is true that is true um talking about some of your worship songs you're also a worship leader i understand you've been over in america yeah i mean it felt like ireland doors were closing I'd just done Belfast Grand Opera House, which probably, I don't know if you've heard of the Ryman Auditorium, but it's Belfast's most prestigious old venue. And I'd sold it out in 2011, I'd sold it out in 2012. And I talked to the agent and he said, there's nowhere to go from here. You can't come back and do it again because people won't come. I thought about that. The church that we were part of had changed leadership and it felt like there was no home there. It felt like I was at a dead end with the music industry. I'd kind of hit a peak of some kind and I thought, well, I'll go off to the States. I'll apply for a visa. I got it. I connected with John Arnott from Catch the Fire. Yes. And we became, he asked me to meet him for lunch one day when he was in Ireland, which was out of the blue and very odd. God began to form connections with me, with people over there. And the next thing, someone in North Carolina offered us a home and a car for free. Wow. And we had a visa and we had some savings and we thought, well, we'll go. Worst comes to the worst, we'll um, be back by Christmas. We went in September and I, we went to that church. We would drive 90 miles every Sunday to go to that church and 90 miles back. And um, bit by bit, I began to get involved, first of all, with the sound, helping with their sound team and stuff like that. Eventually, I started to lead worship. Um, a long time ago, when I was very young, I had played guitar with a guy called Kevin Prosh in the early 90s i really wasn't meant to be there i'd kind of blagged my way into the band um but the three nights that i played with him it was like heaven touched earth and i'd never seen music transcend like that fast forward um to 2013 that was 1993 and i 2013 i'm sitting in this church it's a, a black church in north carolina and every tuesday night they'd have a prayer meeting and the prayer meeting involved lots and lots of jamming music on stage and very interactive with the audience and i began to jam with the band and i'd go down every tuesday night and just jam with the band and i put the guitar in an odd tuning which just forced me to become more experimental next thing i knew i was i was prophesying and i was i was playing prophetically which i'd done for years in ireland but had been very discouraged from doing that and and I suddenly realized that this this had come this was a connection back to Kevin Brush. There'd there'd been some kind of impartation. And right. it had taken me twenty years to realize that had been imparted to me. It was a joy and uh, frustrating that it took me that long to realize that. Um, but I began to realize there was that on my life. And so as the opportunities began to open, I began to just go through doors that opened. I began to lead worship at bigger and bigger conferences. I ended up leading at the 20th anniversary of Toronto Airport and Catch the Fire thing. And and I kind of just kind of reinvented myself as a worship leader. Funny enough, in Ireland, I, the, the idea I get is that I'm I'm out there, I'm radical, I'm edgy, I'm too much for the church or you know, too loud or I don't know, too weird. Um, but I never got that in America or Canada. When I was over there, whatever I did was very much embraced and it was never seen as weird or or extravagant. It it, it was just seen as a fresh way of leading worship. And so it was a fantastic experience for me to do that. And I do miss it, you know. Is there something on your heart? You just want to speak a word of encouragement to those who feel 
perhaps they haven't felt like they've belonged in the church. Is, is there something that you can say to perhaps in, encourage, inspire? I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of artists. If you read their biographies or autobiographies, you'll discover the people from Bruce Springsteen to Elvis Presley to Bob Dylan to whoever you want to pick um, never really felt like they were part of the in crowd, whether that be school, college, work, church, whatever. They always felt like they were on the edge. And, and it's a perfectly normal thing for an artist or a creative person to feel like they don't belong because they do have a way of seeing the world and feeling the world and sensing the world and even smelling the world or tasting the world. They have a way of processing that information that is highly sensitized in a way that large proportions of the world simply don't get and, and they don't think like that and they don't feel or even perceive the world in the same way. And if you don't have any encouragement or if you're isolated, you can feel like you're the person going crazy because the world is a much more vibrant, intense place for you than it is maybe for others. Um, and therefore, things that are said sometimes hurt you in ways that are so intense that, that other people simply can't relate to, the, to your reaction. And you're reacting to the intensity of what you're feeling. But that's what the art is birthed out of, that sensitivity, that intense processing that's what leads to the creativity and the imagination being stimulated. And yes, it's a rough ride. It's, it's a rough ride for everyone uh, who's in the arts or in the prophetic world. I mean, prophetic people live, a truly prophetic person lives the prophetic experience. They, they live the highs and the lows. I think Graham Cook said, a prophet is, is a guy God puts in a room for 20 years and beats up. And, and that's very much been my experience that... Um, I've made all the mistakes. I've tried to work with labels. I've tried to work with churches. I've tried to work in the rock and roll industry. I've said the wrong thing. I've done the wrong thing. I've, you know, back in the day when I, when I was very much in the secular world and occasionally doing church gigs, I, I would, um, I, there's a thing called a rider. I would ask for my rider. I would want a bottle of wine. I would want food. I would want tiles. I would want waters on stage. I would want all these things and um, we'd put it all on the list and send it to people. And the church world didn't get that. The church church world thought that was arrogant and self-serving and, you know, prideful and all those things. And I began to realize that me asking for those things was stressing people out and upsetting people. And, and I also began to realize that when Jesus came through a town, when he left, he left a fragrance behind him, right? That was sweet. He left heaven behind him. You know, when he healed the guy that, that you know, the demons come out of, when he healed that guy and they, they ran into the, the demons go into the, the pigs and they run off the cliff. When he came back a couple of years later, that guy had established churches. That's what Jesus left behind. And I began to realize that as an artist, what I left behind was more important and longer lasting than, than what I did when I was there. And so we dropped the writers and we dropped the demands and we, we never asked for a hotel. We just sleep where people tell us to sleep. I've slept on floors. I've slept in cars. I've slept in vans. I've been eaten by bugs off people's carpets. And I've done all these things because I realized that, that it's more important to leave. The, the, anything you can deposit from heaven is so much better than leaving a church or leaving an organization 
wounded or bruised or rejected because you came through town and and I still I still mess up and and we as artists will still mess up and we'll still get it wrong and we'll still get upset because the PA is bad or you know or someone says something insensitive to us but to the best of your ability if you can remain in the presence and try and leave the presence when you go then you've done a good thing and and that's my goal now you know to try to be that person when I minister rather than a rock star you know I think if your heart's humble that that will be multiplied in ways that you can't imagine and you will truly have have ministered because people will be encouraged inspired lifted up and and you will have done your job so try to put the pride behind and you know that's what I would say that's that's the mistake I've always made you know one of your worship songs, Work a Miracle in My Heart, you've talked about the prophetic dimension uh, this morning. What really inspired that song? Well, that was the second worship song I ever wrote. And I wrote it because there was um, I was in a difficult situation. It was Ireland. It was April. It was snowing. It, it was my kids actually called the, it was called Butlins, Butlins Mosney, but they called it Bosnia. <laughs> and it was very fitting. And there was a guy who we were hosting in our, in, with the two babies, a sick friend, my wife and me, and an American person who needed somewhere to stay. And we were hosting him on top of all that. And he was getting all the glory. He was getting all the congratulations. We were serving the food and I was getting none of the above and I was doing the low profile slots and this person was was profile slots and all I heard about was what an amazing guy he was and how incredible he was and and I just got sick to death of it and um and I ended up realizing that God was going to have to do a miracle in my heart because my heart was was wounded my heart was hard it was angry it was resentful it was jealous it was all those things and um Honestly, in the middle of a prophetic worship session, thinking all those thoughts, the verses just flowed out of it. And it's as true today as it was then. I still need that miracle in my heart, you know. So we're going to have a listen to that now. Would you like to do the link to your song? Yeah, this is Miracle in My Heart, the second worship song I ever wrote. You're listening to Pure West Radio. Enjoy. We are called to be prophets to this nation. Be the word of God in every situation. Change my heart, change my heart today. Who'll be the salt if the salt should lose its flavor? Who'll be the salt if the salt should lose its flavor? Change my heart. Change my heart today. Loose the chains of oppression. Lord, set the captives free. Lord, fill my heart with compassion. Shine your light. Shine your Today 
what a fantastic track. That's Brian Houston. And he's still with me here, but we've got to say goodbye because we're nearly out of time, Brian. It's been wonderful to have Houston in the house this morning. <laughs> well, thank you very much, John, for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And um, I hope your listeners are inspired and encouraged. I'm sure they have been. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of feedback too, which is going to be great. Listen, when it's safe to do so, when all this awful coronavirus has gone away, you have to get on that ferry and come over to Wales and we must get a gig with you, do some prophetic worship down here. I think it would do us all really good. That would be wonderful. I just need a five-star hotel, big bottle of wine. (laughs) Ask and you shall receive. Well, I would really love to meet you in person and I'd love to do a gig for you. I hope that comes sooner rather than later. Absolutely. God bless you, Brian. You too, man. Take it easy. Oh, thank you so much, everybody, today for all your messages, your greetings, for sharing the love. Let's keep on lifting up the name of Jesus and keep on raising the praise here on Pure West Radio. See you next week, 8 o'clock. Like a chest of hidden gold Shimmers in the depths below We are, we are The treasures that they hide Like the sun assess the night Bursting through a darkened sky We are, we are Soldiers of the light And we will glow
They see us burn across a thousand miles. We are brighter, the flame will never die. Let's show 'em how we light up tonight. Oh, you and I were soldiers of light. We will go. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. With the latest news for Pembrokeshire, I'm Kim Thomas. Protesters returned to the Penali training camp on Saturday morning. A group of around 60 people gathered in the rain with banners and flags to protest against the site being used to house asylum seekers. A strong police presence was also in attendance. Emergency services were called after a car overturned in a Fishguard Street on Friday night. Police officers and the local fire crew dealt with the scene in West Street after a car ended up on its side in the centre of the road. Residents reported hearing a loud bang between 10pm and 10.30pm and it's understood that two vehicles were damaged in the collision. The road was blocked while the incident was dealt with. A total of 27 new COVID-19 cases have been reported in the Huelvar Health Board area in the last 24 hours. There is one new case in Ceredigion, bringing the county's total to 122, five cases in Pembrokeshire which now have